We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the Ravens vault. Preseason football is now finally in the books, and that means the Ravens are trudging forward to 2022 regular season. But boy, before we get into this whole win streak extension and NFL best 23 straight games now won in preseason. Baltimore has yet to lose since 2015, by the way, in pre-September football. But before that, Sarah, we can't start off here on the vault without sending out some prayers to our friend Poe, who went down at halftime, the Ravens mascot, in a mascot versus youth football game. And uh, I've been thinking about him ever since, and I hope it's not an ACL tear. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of – what's funny is watching the game, I was watching on NFL Plus, and they keep a view of what's going on at the stadium when they're away for breaks. Like, they don't show the commercials. And so I thought originally that it was all part of like the entertainment. I thought they were pretending that he was injured, but I was just watching the replay and he legit looks like he did something to his knee there. So like, I feel bad because before I was laughing, thinking it was just like a joke and part of the entertainment. And now I'm like, I hope he's all right. Because I mean, back when I worked at the Ravens, Poe was like a full-time worker and he like worked with all of us and he was such a cool guy. I don't know if it's still the same person, but whoever it is, I I hope he's all right. And when Poe, by the way, did return to the field, I mean, maybe second stringer Poe was in there, right? Like, I don't know who was inside Poe, but clearly someone came back out because that looked like a legitimate ACL tear that, by the way, required a cart. Poe had to be carted off the field during this halftime game. So we wish you the best, Poe. We hope to get an update from the Ravens. But as of right now, oh boy, prayers are out there for for Poe. All right, let's dive in, Sarah, because again, as I mentioned at the top, it's 23 straight preseason wins. So the streak lives on another year into 2023. What was your big takeaway? Well, just speaking of the streak, I mean, the big takeaway we'll get to, it's Demarcus Robinson. No, <laughs> I mean, there's no no question about that. But, you know, it is it is funny because there's, you know, been some people who are like, oh, the Ravens just have that streak because, you know, Harbaugh plays, you know, good players. Well, Harbaugh played two projected starters tonight, Tyler Lindenbaum and Justin Matabike. Tyler Lindenbaum was done after three series, I believe. Matabike... I don't know the exact series, but he wasn't out there for long. So, you know, we're going to have to throw throw that out the window. 
Obviously, the streak doesn't mean much, but as Harbaugh said tonight, this is true. It means a lot to the guys that are out there. Some of these guys, it'll be, you know, it's them putting stuff on tape, trying to keep their NFL dreams alive, whether it's with the Ravens or elsewhere. And and then just with, like, Harbaugh, like, this guy, again, if you know him, it means something to him because every competition means something to him. Like, John Harbaugh is the ultimate. And it's not just him. It's his whole family. I interviewed his whole family for my uh, podcast, um, man of the crowd a while ago. And that's just how their family is. They will make a competition literally about everything. Like who makes the best pancakes who, you know what I mean? Or we saw it in the, in the wired, uh, piece that Ravens productions put up where they, in the middle of a meeting, bring out a basketball hoop to create a competition of, of shooting hoops in the middle of the auditorium. Like it's not even in the gymnasium. So that's just what he wants to do. So it means something to him. It means something to the guys and, you know, it means something 23. So congratulations, especially to, to the guys that were on the field, the defense, the guys who, you know, who knows if their careers are going to move forward, but they'll have that moment where they were able to like put up a nice defensive stand and have it on tape for the rest of their lives. Only two players, only two projected starters tonight suited up for the Ravens. And so while there's this narrative out there that, oh, the Ravens care too much, they can't win in January, they can win in August, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. No, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like this, first of all, they could care less about that noise. This is a testament to their depth. This is a testament to the coaching staff. And it's a testament to execution. You know, that's what it comes down to. So who cares about all the other rah-rah? But you mentioned it. Big takeaway here in terms of, you know, win aside and preseason streak aside is the new guy because Demarcus Robinson burst onto the scene, Sarah. He was signed just a few days ago and he opened up with, oh, yeah, just a 67 yard touchdown for his first catch as a Raven. He created ridiculous separation on this route and caught the ball from Anthony Brown in stride, teardrop it in from the Oregon kid, and it was a thing to see in the second quarter. Uh, that move was just nasty. That move was nasty. Slant and go. He sold that inside slant, not just with, you know, his his legs, but he, was he like, looked at the quarterback on that slant, and that's what sucked in not just the corner, who was defending him, but also the safety, the safety help. Like he sold it so well that he probably got a good 10 yard lead on both of them. And as you said, the way he tracked it, Anthony Brown, the way he threw it to him. And then you got to love the high step, the high step all the way into the end zone, a little Deion Sanders call back there that I, that I love so much. So that play plus that wasn't even everything. He, he finished with four receptions, for 135 yards, the one touchdown we're talking about probably could have had another touchdown of what was that? Maybe 25 yards, but he didn't drag his foot. But he was just he just kept putting on these double moves and getting wide open. So here is the question as we move forward. Listen, we're obviously not going to read too too deep into it. He was just waved by the Raiders after being out there in training camp. He's playing against backups. We get that. We'll get to this later. But there's other positions where nobody is dominating like this against backups. So you give him his props there. Here's my other question. Can you recall Devin DuVernay 
or Prochet, obviously neither one have really has gotten pre-action, preseason action now, but think back to past preseasons. I can't recall those guys dominating against backups. Can you? Not to this extent tonight. So, like, I right. see where you're getting at, right? Like, you don't want to overreact. But to your point of your tweet that you put out about the, the running back room, which we'll get to in a little bit, I'm sure, it's telling because when your first stringers aren't dominating against second, third, fourth, and so on stringers, then it's like, well, wait, what, what's going on here? So DeMarcus, yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly it. Like, he's supposed to be dominating, and he did. And if we're all here saying, hey, Duvernay and Prochet, they're the guys, give them a chance. Well, they've, they've obviously, I, we can't compare it to this preseason because Prochet's been injured. And Duvernay, Duvernay, they haven't played uh, because that's Harbaugh trying not to, you know, risk uh, projected or potential starters to injury. But the point is, is I can't recall this, though, these guys dominating. So then that made me put out a tweet, a poll, if you will. I put out a poll. You you tell me if if we're getting ahead of ourselves. So my poll, let's bring it up. I asked Ravens fans on Twitter, who is the Ravens wide receiver to? And I've got, obviously, I've got Duvernay, Demarcus Robinson, and James Prochet as the options. We've got 1,647 votes. Pretty, pretty good number there. Okay. So Demarcus Robinson easily wins with 65%. Then it goes to Devin Duvernay. Then it goes to James Prochet. And like I said, I don't want to overreact. James Prochet has been missing all preseason, so maybe when he gets healthy, it'll get get better. I don't recall either of those guys playing this well against backups previously. Demarcus Robinson is, again, whoever is wide receiver two, by the way, if we're talking about options, it's still going to be Andrews, Likely, and Bateman are all you know top options ahead of whoever wide receiver two is. But wide receiver two, you want to be this deep threat that can be a playmaker once defenses start getting sucked into the middle of the field with these tight ends and they're running and all of that. And it's like, who's somebody that you can rely on to be a playmaker? And Demarcus Robinson, when he was with the Chiefs, he was also kind of like that fourth option behind so many other guys. And when he was called upon, he was a playmaker. And so to me, I haven't seen that playmaking. So I like the idea. I like what he brings to, to balance out all these other options and that I don't know the other two guys have. And so right now I kind of see Bateman is the X Robinson is the Y if Prochet's healthy, put him in the slot and Duvernay can also do slot, but he's also a gadget guy. So I don't know. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe all the all the you know 1,600 guys, people that voted, are getting ahead of ourselves. But I don't know. I don't know. He's shown me something that I haven't seen in a couple years out of these other guys. Even though there's probably some recency bias in that poll, I'm with you. I'm with your 1,600 fans. He showed us a lot tonight. There's no doubt. He showed us a lot, and he showed you maybe what the Ravens need. At the same time, as we always do in these preseason episodes, we want to temper expectations. We we want to pump the brakes a little bit. There's a reason why he was cut or waived. Yep. 
But hey, you know what? He's going to get a chance there. I think the the big moral of the story here is that based on this wide receiver room, he's going to get a, a chance right away to contribute. And if he puts together games like these, then wide receiver two is certainly with within reach. Yeah, yeah, I think that's well said. I think I think it's at least fair to have the conversation of him being wide receiver two. I don't know that I we we need to crown him, but to me, he's in the conversation for sure. So, all right, let's move on from there. Any anything else? The wide receivers. Uh, oh, Benjamin Victor. We got to give him a shout out before we move on from the wide receivers. He made an unreal catch, whereas. Demarcus Robinson, he was nasty with the moves he put on, but Benjamin Victor, he just went up and almost did like dove backwards to get another gorgeous uh, throw from Anthony Brown. We got to talk about him and just, just this amazing catch. Now, I don't think it's going to be enough for him to make the team. I think that the Ravens are going to stick to five wide receivers, um, but but that was phenomenal. And I think we're going to see some of these undrafted guys are. You know, some of these guys that don't have a lot of experience get to get to the practice squad. So but I just wanted to give a shout out to 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 Benjamin Victor on that catch. The, the fifth and final wide receiver slot is definitely something that I've been thinking about a lot. And while I don't think it's Benjamin Victor, I'm also sitting here and like, wow, I can't believe how unavailable Tylen Wallace has been. And when even when he yeah. was available, how quiet he's been. It's almost kind of like I know they use fourth round draft capital on him and in 2021 and he was quiet last year and, and didn't get an, a, a ton of opportunities but man it just it feels far-fetched to think that he's done enough to make this roster right now in a wide receiver room that's already super unproven as it is and what has he done this summer Sarah to earn that spot I think it's a fair question I mean I, you know if I were to announce my my picks right away I have I would put Tylen in there but it would be purely based off of his draft status because I haven't heard his name called at all. Whereas uh, now again, he did have that sprained knee for the preseason, but I'm talking about even from training camp, you'll get reports coming out of these other guys standing out more. And so I don't know, Makai Polk and Shamar Bridges, they both stood out in that first preseason game, but haven't really heard much since. So none of them have really been consistent, but at least some of these younger guys or undrafted guys, their names have been called here and there, but you haven't heard Tylen Wallace at all. So we'll see. I mean, typically speaking, the Ravens don't like to give up that quickly on a, on a mid-round draft pick like Wallace, but it's not unheard of. It's not unheard of like the Ravens have cut, you know, fourth round and fifth round you know, before in their second season. So I'm going to be very, very interested in that. I'm probably going to play it safe and have Tylen on my 53 because of his draft status, but I wouldn't be shocked if uh, the Ravens let him go. So uh, let's move on here to the uh, offensive line really quick. Kind of a big deal that Tyler Linderbaum, first round pick, played tonight. And that's really a testament to him. He had that Liz Frank tendon flare up and uh, missed the first two preseason games. He returned to practice actually first in Arizona for some very light work. And then once the Ravens got back, he just kept ramping up and ramping up and ramping up to the point that he was able to play tonight, which Bobby, I think was critical because he's your projected 
day one starter as a rookie. So I thought it was imperative that he be able to get some reps tonight. He he was in for three series. And then after the game, I don't know if you saw because we were getting ready. Did you see? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's frustrating, but that's, you know, part of football. Uh, injuries are going to happen. You know, I have no doubt about it that I'm going to be full 100% come week one. So, um, you know, we got a great training staff and doctors here to get me ready. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So that's that's really good news. Super encouraging. Yeah, I mean. For him to be unavailable, like you said, for three weeks, smack dab in the middle of his first ever NFL training camp, it was, I mean, a huge blow. I'm sure a huge blow for him. But, yeah, the offensive line tonight was bare bones as we expected. I mean, we mentioned Mm -hmm. earlier on in the episode that only two projected starters in the entire team top down suited up tonight. That was Linderbaum and, and Justin Matabike on the defensive side of the football. So tonight's offensive line, Starting wise, left to right was Jawan James, Khalil McKenzie, Linderbaum, Jimmy Murray, and Tyree Phillips. So that's why, like, when we get to the running back conversation, which is coming soon, like, I, I don't want to sit here and like overreact because of who they were running behind. All right, well, let's get into the running back competition. Unless you have anything more <laughs> about about the offensive line, because I agree with you, we don't want to overreact. I definitely started a little bit of a conversation <laughs> with with Twitter, and I guess here's my basic sentiment. Here we are through three preseason games. I'm not feeling super pumped about any of the running backs, right? So here we are talking about we're saying Demarcus Robinson should dominate, and he did. We're we're looking at likely likely dominated. And so we keep having to tell ourselves, well, they dominated, but it's against backup. So let's temper our expectations. Okay. Fair enough. But knowing that JK Dobbins is going to take a minute to become 100%. Mike Davis, Tyler Beatty, Justice Hill, Nate McCrary. There's nobody, even if, even if they're not going to dominate, like Demarcus Robinson or, or Isaiah likely, because those are higher standards. How about just play well enough like a Josh Ross or a Christian Welch tonight who are two bubble guys. And you're like, wow, you know, they're not setting the world on fire, but they're playing really well. Welch comes up with, with two and a half sacks Ross. You just, you know, he just seems to be in the right place at the right time, making tackles when he should. They like bring you some comfort and you're like, okay, I'm cheering for them. There's nobody that like I'm watching saying, okay, these guys are bringing me comfort. Now I think to your point, what you were about to say with, the bare bones offensive line is it's like, well, we can't get too ahead of ourselves there either because these guys are running into a wall. Right. So that's the reason why I'm not writing off anybody. I'm not at all, especially a young guy like Tyler Beatty. No, in no way. And I think he's been excellent in, in pass protection, but at the same time, Bobby, do you go into the, uh, into the week one, knowing JK isn't 100% and maybe, maybe he'll play. If he does, it won't be a ton of snaps. Like where, where's your confidence meter on the running backs? Well, first and foremost, yeah. Like JK Dobbins has to be on a pitch count week one. I think we could probably both agree Yeah. with that, you know? So given that that's going to affect the workload. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I can see why you're, your confidence is waning a little bit. 14 carries on 21 yards when you got eight of those yards from Anthony Brown, the backup quarterback, that's not necessarily going to cut it. What we also learned tonight, maybe, Sarah, was the fact that 
because Justice Hill didn't dress, but he did the first two games, and he's healthy as far as we know, I think he's a lock to, to make this team. So J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hill are your locks. Who are you taking after that? Mike Davis uh, has been the first stringer throughout preseason. I think he makes this team. So all of a sudden, are you taking a fourth in Tyler Beatty? You just used a sixth-round draft pick on him. You're probably going to, right? Yeah, I have Beatty in. I, I have a hard time thinking that Beatty's out. I have Mike Davis in. I mean, Justice Hill. I don't know. I mean, Harbaugh was praising him the other day, and I couldn't tell if he was praising him because he wanted to help him get, you know, action on another team, you know, if they happen to cut him. Or, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. They may have to keep four. I think Justice has done enough to earn a spot in the 53 this preseason. All right, let's just say this. We are doing a 53-man roster predictions. We're recording this. <laughs> we'll have it up by Monday, okay? By then, I will have made a decision, but I am undecided at this point <laughs> with, <laughs> with the running back core. And I'll, I'll also say this, though. In addition to having a better offensive line, these guys will also have the Lamar factor. So that's great and all. That's great and all. But you'd like to see some of these running backs break a tackle. Or, like, beat somebody to the edge or, you know, some of that kind of stuff. Here's another place I will say that there's uh, giving me hope. I do respect Cole, Cole Jackson, who does a lot of film study. And, you know, he feels kind of hopeful about Beatty. So I'm going to have to go watch Cole's film study on this and get a deeper dive. And then once I do that, I think I'll be more comfortable making a call on these running backs once we get to the predictions. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fair enough. One thing I'll wrap up this conversation with, too, that I meant to say a minute ago with the offensive line. Let's say, going back to our instant reaction podcast, uh, when we gave our first thoughts after Ronnie was activated off of the PUP, meaning yeah. at some point within the first four weeks, the Ravens expect him to be back. Uh, let's say he's not ready to go week one because of everything we talked about on Friday's episode when he admitted within the last year or so that he felt like he rushed himself back for that week one game in 2021 against the Raiders. Let's say mm -hmm. he's not ready to go. He learns from that moment and he says, hey, hard stop. Let's go week two or week three, meaning he's not ready to go week one. To me, we saw Patrick McCarry at left tackle tonight. We saw yeah. Patrick McCarry at pretty much every other position up and down the offensive line last year. 
He's a unicorn, as Kevin Zeitler said recently. He's so so versatile. I know Jawan James has gotten the start at left tackle. He has not played football in two years because of the torn Achilles and opting out of the 2020 pandemic season. Sarah, I want to see McCarry at left tackle if Ronnie can't go week one in the Meadowlands. Well, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think that's crazy. I, I won't because I don't think Juwan James has like lit the world on fire either. And uh, granted, he's <laughs> I was about to say, well, he's learning to go from the right side to the left side. But then again, McCary goes everywhere. <laughs> so, you know, you're trying to give him that excuse while McCary's like, what? I can do it. You know, so, um, yeah, Juwan James, I feel like has let some pressures in. I mean, he's got he's got more of the body traits for it. Obviously it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair thought. I feel like, but I think there's some other options too. You know, you could, if, if he's healthy enough, Falele's actually been looking pretty good. You could move Moses over there. There's lots of different options, but to your point, Juwan James hasn't made you feel like, ah, good. He's got this. You know what I mean? And there's so much trust I have in McCary while he's not like your prototypical left tackle, you have enough trust for him to like be, you know, the, the, the tape, you know, to hold things together until Ronnie can get there. I mean, I don't think that's a crazy thought. We'll revisit this conversation another time for sure in the coming weeks, but you want to transition over to the defensive side of the ball. Let's, let's go for it. Let's, let's start with the, um, with the inside linebackers, because I'm going to have a hard time here too. Josh Ross and Christian Welch had themselves a game today. They both, I'm pretty sure they played 100% of those snaps, unless at the end I missed when they were going out. Josh Ross finished with uh, seven tackles. No, 11 combined tackles, sorry. Uh, seven, seven were solo. And then Christian Welch finished with just two less at nine. But then Christian, Christian Welch had two and a half sacks. And then I'm like, well, maybe special teams will decide it. Well, Christian Welch has been a staple in special teams, but that doesn't mean that Josh Ross also can't be. Like, uh, I don't have the breakdown from tonight, but from past preseason games, they're both playing quite a bit on special teams. So this is going to be another tough decision. I know everybody is saying it's going to be Josh Ross. I don't think that's crazy. I very well may pick that too. He could be the next undrafted rookie free agent that the Ravens take. That's been 17 out of the last 18 years that they've done it. Christian Welch was one of those 17 that's made it. Who are you leaning towards right now? Sarah, Josh was just like, every time you watch where the football is, he was there. there. You know, he's just got great vision. It seems like he's got a great instinct. I like the familiarity with Mike McDonald being that they overlapped for one year in Michigan last year and had so much success together, especially defensively as a collective unit. And he's built like an ox and, and we know how thin it is in the middle part of the field. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's tough, right? Like we'll get to it in a little bit with my poll that I put up on Twitter as well with, you know, who the Ravens, will keep between Tony Jefferson, Geno Stone, and Ardarius Washington, you know, tough decisions there. If it comes down between Josh Ross and and Christian Welch, that that's another really tough decision. Both these guys played their hearts out and, you know, they're big heavy hitters. They're smart players. They're high character guys. But to me, it certainly seems as if the way they're talking about Josh Ross and 
the value that they put in developing undrafted rookies over the years and you know confirming with Jeff Zarebek by the way uh, within the last few days that as of right now it's it's 17 of 18 years that yeah. this organization has has brought in and invested in an undrafted rookie to make the 53 man roster so we'll see if that streak you know continues but I'm going with Ross right now. Yeah, I think uh, I mean it'd almost be crazy not to to put to have Ross on there. So let's get your poll because I have a thought that could maybe help this tough decision. So let's get to your poll. I think it's a really good one. Yeah. So if you can only keep one on the 53 man roster, who are you taking, Ravens flock? Tony Jefferson, Geno Stone, or our Darius Washington? All three are safeties. Tony's back for his second stint with the Ravens, as we saw last year when they signed him to the practice squad. Because of obvious reasons, they needed bodies. Tony's more than a body, though. He's somebody who, yes, is trying to come back and resurrect his career after a really serious injury back around the 2019 season. Geno Stone, a dude who spent some time with the Ravens last year, was valuable down the stretch because of how many injuries they had. And then our Darius Washington last year's undrafted rookie who had a tough time staying on the field throughout the the good bulk of training camp this year with a foot injury. So how are you breaking this down, Sarah? Well, what what are the poll results? Oh, duh. Uh, Tony Jefferson <laughs> right now is <laughs> Tony's at 58.3%. Gino's 32.4 and our Darius is 9.4. Okay. So first of all, if you listen to Tony talk tonight, he does not sound like a guy who's confident about coming back. It was almost as if, just in case, he said his goodbyes. I've been around for a while now, and I just know that the tape is going to reveal everything. And I know here and everywhere else, you know, they want to have the best guys that can play and, and be on their team. So, you know, I can't really worry about that part too much as long as, as, long as I was able to go out there and, and showcase my abilities and show them what I can do. The cards will fall where they fall. But obviously, you know, I want to be a Raven. But I, I understand the technicalities that go with everything and all that. So... Uh, either way it goes, you know, I'm just was happy I was able to be be back here with, with my family, basically. So and things don't work out, then, you know, raving for life. Tony is so loved in the Baltimore community among the fans because we've all seen him like he's he was an undrafted rookie, not from Baltimore. I think Arizona. But he was undrafted, and then he was supposed to have his big break and had that big injury. And he, like you said, he's trying to resurrect his career. So here's what I'm hoping could happen with Tony Jefferson. I would like to see he and the Ravens do a handshake deal. And they, the Ravens did a lot of these last year. I can't remember everybody that did, but I think Anthony Levine was one where Anthony Levine was originally cut, but clearly there was a deal. And because he was a veteran, you can't do these handshake deals with anybody with four or less seasons under their belt, because if you do that, then they go straight to the waiver wire. Tony has more than four seasons. So then he gets cut, immediately becomes a free agent. So he's got control over where he goes. So if he and the Ravens have a handshake deal and says we and the Ravens say, hey, we'd like to put you on the practice squad, especially with all these new practice squad rules, where it's not as liberal as 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 it was during the the peak of COVID. So they've reeled it back a little bit, but they're still much, much more liberal with how many elevations you can have. And they allow you to put veterans on there. So you say, Tony, we got to cut you, but this is so that we can play with the roster a little bit, especially in the beginning of the season. 
And so we put you on the practice squad. We pay you the same as, as you know, our original deal was. You go there and it allows us to like give us a, at least a day to put some guys that we need to put on IR because everybody that you want to be able to bring off of IR, they have to be on the initial 53-man roster. So you say, Tony, can you go there? And then once we move the IR guys, you can bring guys back from practice squad or stay there for a week or two like Levine did. And we activate you because you can have a couple uh, game day activations and then revert. So I'm hoping that that because Tony and the Ravens have such a loving relationship, and I don't know how much the league still believes in Tony. Obviously, he's been out there and been around, and you know he wasn't getting a ton of love from around the league. You know, maybe that's something that could happen. Whereas where Tony doesn't make the 53 but he sticks around with the handshake deal. And then once more injuries pile up, they, they could use him bringing him up, him up anyway. So that's what I'm hoping for. Sarah, what about Kevon Seymour? That was tough to see him go down in the fourth quarter with what looked to be a pretty serious right ankle injury. Yeah. The heart goes out to him. I mean, he was having a, a pretty good game tonight and I hated watching that replay. Oh my gosh. To see in slow motion, uh, was it McLean who was trying to go for the interception just landed on, on, uh, Seymour's ankle and just to see in slow motion, the grimace on his face as he, as he screamed out. So I hope it's not too serious. Um, prior to the injury, I didn't think Seymour was going to make the team perhaps, you know, yeah. a practice squad guy, but if, if it's a serious injury, he could do, he could probably be similar to uh, Slade Bolden. Nobody picked up Bolden after he was waived, uh, but then reverted to IR. And so he'll, the Ravens can retain his rights for the entire year. Perhaps the same thing could happen with uh, Kevon Seymour. Good news for him too, is that John Harbaugh did say post game that he didn't think it was too serious of an injury based on what they were able to to learn in the moments after the game. So that's positive. And Jeff Zarebek of The Athletic had a great feature up on Kevon just earlier today. Again, we're taping this on late Saturday night. So if you haven't already, go check that out. But Well, and how have we not uh, talked about Anthony Brown yet? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Anthony Brown, let me look up his stat line here. Anthony Brown, who played, pro I think, about three quarters. I think Huntley was done after one quarter. Um, Anthony Brown was 15 of 19 for 256 yards plus one touchdown. So he, excuse me, so he had one passing touchdown plus he had one rushing touchdown. So his quarterback rating was 136.3. This is why I think this is important. I mean, Brown clearly is good enough to be on an NFL roster. I would love it if the Ravens could get him onto the practice squad. I mean, the throws that were just so sweet for these receivers to go up and get. I mean, just on the money, doing a good job, having everybody in place. I'd like to get him on the practice squad because it opens up, and I don't know how much of this is a uh, a pipe dream, but you know we did that Monday morning. I don't know if it was mon Monday, but we did that morning Ravens vault about whether or not Tyler Huntley could be a quarterback, uh, a starting quarterback in the league, and I definitely think he could uh, compete with so many guys for a starting role on different teams. But if you had Anthony Brown on the practice squad, that gives you if if a phone call were to ring. And another team were like, "Hey, we're not. <laughs> it's not working out for us. We need to bring. We need. We would like to bring Huntley into the mix. That if if there's a nice enough offer, you're like, all right, that's fine. Because now we we've got Brown, who's not Huntley, 
uh, but has really shown a lot enough to be like feeling pretty good that if you got a good offer from Huntley that you got another backup. I would agree. Yeah. Started out at Boston College, did Anthony, and from 2016 to 2019, then went out to Oregon and you know found his way to the Ravens. And I'm just looking at his Wikipedia page. He and I have the same birthday, so I'm a big Anthony Brown fan. Oh, the there we go. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, I, I thought he was really composed. And, and like we said earlier on, too, man, that the deep ball connection that all of a sudden he had with Demarcus Robinson, who he'd never thrown to in his life prior to this week. That was pretty cool overnight, right? So cool. But yeah, I mean, now that he's got your birthday, it's just like, let's get Huntley out of here. He's like QB two now. We're, we're just, it's done. <laughs> it's done. Apparently. Yeah. And if you ask everybody else based on what, what went down in Seattle this weekend, uh, Sarah, not sure you saw some preseason football from Friday night, but uh, uh, Drew Locke is no longer the starting quarterback, which everybody pretty much penciled him in, in Sharpie a few months back. It's going to be Geno Smith. So like, I jokingly made the comment on Adam Schefter's photo of that news this morning. Like, oh, hey, I hear Tyler Huntley's available in Baltimore. And what, what followed was very ugly. But I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> what what followed? Fill me in. I didn't see it. What was so what was uh, ugly? Like Ravens fans or and other NFL fans? Yeah, apparently Ravens fans just came out of the woodwork about loving this guy. And um, you know, some of them are like, no, no chance. Did you see? You know, where would we have been last year without him down the stretch? And, and hey, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. All I was saying was I'm taking Tyler Huntley over Geno Smith, and I would feel like Pete Carroll would too. Yeah, so you're, like, trying to give him a compliment. And to be honest with you, like, I want Huntley to get a chance. You know what I mean? And either way, whether it's uh, whether it's Huntley or Brown, we saw. We saw that, like, you know, Huntley won one out of, I think, five games with the Ravens. So. I don't know. I mean, I love them. I love them. But if there's a nice, if there's a nice offer on the table, like a third round pick, I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm here for that. And I'd be happy for, for Huntley. So anyway, the good news is here though, Bobby, is that the preseason is over. (laughs) We're done. Yep. It's been nice. It's been great to evaluate everybody, but I am ready for the season. Just seeing Lamar on the sideline tonight. Him talking with Likely, being there with Andrews. I mean, bring on week one against the Jets. Yeah, by the way, Lamar's sideline drip is second to none. Like, he's just got this swagger about him. And, like, the sideways visor is definitely something that I didn't know existed until last year when he started doing it. But I'm not questioning it. No, I mean, I mean, Lamar sets the trends. We don't, we don't question that stuff. I'll leave you with this too. And then let's jump because we got a busy couple of days ahead. And we also, by the way, have a, an exclusive interview coming up that we're pretty excited about. We're not going to mention the player just until it's actually recorded because it gets crazy this time of year for players and things change, but we have a player interview coming up and we also have our predictions for the 53 man roster coming up. So Both of those episodes are coming within the next 48 hours, depending on when you're listening. But I'll leave you with this from Jim Nagy, because you just mentioned Isaiah Likely, and I thought this was a great tweet of the night to end it. Jeff tweeted out, Jeff Cerebek, that Isaiah at the beginning of the game is not in uniform uh, during warmups, nor is rookie Kyle Hamilton. They will not be playing. And Jim quote tweeted Jeff and said, 
If you're a rookie fourth rounder in street close of a final preseason game, you've already outplayed your draft slot. And I love that because mm. it's so true. Isaiah literally has gone from unproven, inexperienced experiment, fourth round tight end out of Coastal Carolina to being a bona fide piece of this offense. At least that's what we think in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a great tweet. Good perspective. He has already outplayed the fourth round. And, you know, it's just crazy. We'll see where it goes from here. But even Mark Andrews is like, I wasn't this I wasn't this far ahead in my rookie year. You really have to go back and you look at like the numbers when Mark Andrews and Hirsch were together. It was almost like a pretty even split of of snaps and all that kind of stuff. And Mark had a great rookie year, but it's not who Mark is today. And Mark is just like he's he's off to a bigger start than I am. So I cannot wait to see him against, you know, regular starters, see what he can do with Mark and Bateman and one of these other receivers, Lamar out there. Oh, it's going to be great. Yep. All right, partner. Well, like you said, preseason is in the books. We are now pushing forward to week one, September 11th against the New York Jets. And here we go. I mean, we're here. We're here. All right. So again, within the next 48 hours or so, depending on when you pull up this episode, you're going to have plenty more coming here on the vault, including a player interview, including 53 man roster predictions. And of course, your morning vaults as well throughout the course of the next couple weeks as we get ready for week one of the regular season. The Ravens get it done against the commanders to the tune of a 17 to 15 win that extends their NFL best win streak to 23 games you got to go back to the summer of 2015 the last time this team lost in preseason play so for my partner here on the vault sarah ellison i'm bobby trossett signing off from this post-game podcast if you haven't already would love for you to consider leaving a review leaving a rating downloading our episodes and also hitting us up at baltimore ravens vault at gmail.com we'll talk to you soon